Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. If we look back at, at this time, if we look back at, at the study that we have gone through, the, we had these first six chapters where the, they outlined the, the life of Daniel and, and who Daniel was and, and what had gotten him to the, the point that he was in the second uh, set of six chapters. And we see this, this young man who's taken into captivity, into a foreign land. He's taken away from everything he knows, everything that's comfortable, and he is, is placed in the land of Babylon. And God didn't just abandon him in that place. When he arrives, God uses Daniel to transform the land that he's been placed in. And let's just pause for just a moment and see if we can think about what type of application may exist in our own life for just a second. So you are, are dropped into a land that's not your own. And are, are we all in a land that is not our own? Yeah, this is not my own. I'm not talking about the UK, Tim. <laughs> yeah, or the Ukraine, that's true. <laughs> we're, we're looking for a little bit more uh, spiritual application here, people. Work with me. Uh, <laughs> we, we have all been placed in a land that is not my own. This is not my home. I was not made for this place. I was made for an eternity with Jesus Christ, amen? And so if this is not my home... Am I supposed to come here and then conform to what is going on around me? Or am I supposed to, in the midst of this place that is not my home, transform it into what God would have it be? That's, that's what we're supposed to do. And, you know, well, Matt, you're, there, there's context to the Old Testament. Well, yeah, there is, but there's also just lessons we can learn. <laughs> we can look at the lives that people live and say, I want to do that. When I look at the life of Daniel, I look at it and say, I want to do that. I, I, I want to be like that guy. I want to be a guy that is courageous enough to stand up in the midst of, of all of the, the different things of that culture coming against him and say, no, I'm not going to live this way. I'm going to live the way that God has told me to live. And you're going to see how much better it is, not just for me, but for you too. When we look at, at the life of Daniel, when we, we look forward into the New Testament, Daniel is, is quoted by Jesus. You don't really think about that very often. That's kind of a big deal. And so we have these, these first six chapters that are following the life of a man that, that I want to be like, that I, I want, to, I want to, to have the things that are said about Daniel, to have those things said about me. And then we go into these second group of six chapters where we see Daniel receiving visions from God, where God's sharing what is going to happen. And some of the future that Daniel sees is our future as well. Some of the future that Daniel sees, he had no idea what it was that he was looking at. And as we come to this part of scripture today, we're going to have no idea what it is that we're looking at. And that's okay. There's, there's still something for us to be 
to, for us to learn out of this area of Scripture. This morning, we're going to end these last six chapters the same way we started them, talking about what we know for sure, right? Because it is so easy to get caught up in all of the detail. It is so easy for us to get caught up in the, the, well, I don't understand who this particular animal represents. I don't understand what kingdom we're talking about here in terms of north and south. I don't understand this timeline or, or these types of things, but that's okay. But there is one thing that we know for sure. What do we know for sure? That God's people will end up victorious when God is victorious. So we've talked about it before. We, we all would like to be able to come here this morning and to get all of our questions answered. Ever, like that, are we ready for that to be on the agenda today? Um, you were going to be let down. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, not, that's not how it's going to work. We, we're not going to come here this morning and get all of our questions answered. God has concealed certain details about what we want to know. But he has undoubtedly given us what we need to know. Stay faithful to God and let him do what he's going to do. If we read Daniel chapter 12, I'm going to go through that right now. It says, at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel... Roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. And one of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? And the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand towards heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever saying, it will be for a time, times and a half a time. And when the power of the holy people is finally broken, all of these things will be completed. I heard, but I didn't understand. So I asked my Lord, what will the outcome of all of this be? And he replied, go your way, Daniel. Because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end, many will be purified and made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. For from the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end and you will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. And that's the end. (laughs) 
And I know what some of that means. I don't know what all of that means. <laughs> and so what we, we see in this passage is a lot that we don't understand, but there are some specific details that we do. And we're going to look at seven details specifically that we can take from this passage of Scripture, from this part of the Bible, about the end. And the first one, super encouraging, things will get worse before they get better. <laughs> That's, that's what we know. <laughs> you know, it's not really quite the recruitment poster that you, you want, typically. You know, I do marketing. You don't usually put those things up front. You, you usually sell the pearly gates and, you know, the, the street of gold. Let's, let's, let's capitalize on those things first. But God never promised that our path would be easy. But he did promise to be with us while we were on it. You just spent all of this morning singing about God's faithfulness. He's faithful in the midst of the difficult times that we go through. And what we see here is God explaining to Daniel that the people of Israel, that ultimately all followers of Christ, are going to go through a season the likes of which that they have never seen in all of history, from the beginning of nations up to this point. Again, not the marketing poster that we're looking for because when you start looking at it, you start thinking, you say, wow, so you're telling me that this is going to be worse than Egypt? Yeah. This is, well, that's not good. This, this is going to be worse than Babylon? Uh-huh. This is going to be worse than Rome? This is going to be worse than Nazi Germany? It is. All of, all of those things that, that we see through history that the people of God have gone through don't compare to what is to come. But what I can tell you is in the midst of everything, God is faithful. To follow Jesus in this world involves promised persecution. If you want to avoid persecution in this life, say that you follow Jesus and then just don't live like it. That, that's the secret. If you want to just avoid all of the persecution that comes with following Jesus, you just need to, to say that you're on the, the team and then just don't live like it. And as long as you choose to not live like it, you're going to be just fine. But when I make a decision to follow Jesus and to have my life reflect that decision, that is when things are going to get difficult. God has promised to rescue those who belong to him. This is the good news. <laughs> if God is for us, then who can be against us? God is for you. We just sang another song. It's almost like we picked these songs on purpose. God is for you. Do you need to hear that this morning? Are, are there times where it doesn't feel like God is for you? There are times where you're like, really? <laughs> times where I get so focused on, on what's happening with me 
so focused on, on what's happening in, in this little encapsulated moment that I, I don't look at the entirety of my life and recognize time after time after time that God has been faithfully for me. God is for you. When Jesus returns, we, we have the guardian angel of, of the people of God, Michael, and the angelic armies putting an end to all of conflict. That's what we see here. Who does God come to rescue? It says right here in, in this chapter that God comes to rescue those whose names are in the book. Whose names are in the book of life. And the logical question at this point as well is my name in the book of life, right? Because, I mean, if you want to be rescued, then we probably need to figure that out. Do you know the gospel message? Do you believe that Jesus died on a cross to forgive you of your sins? Do you believe that you can find redemption in choosing his way instead of yours? If you believe those things, your name's in the book. You made it. <laughs> it's that easy. You know, sometimes there's this thought that, you know, we have to go through, well, I didn't say the, the prayer. It's like, well, have you made a decision to follow Jesus? Yeah. Have you accepted that, that sacrifice for, that he made for you? Yeah. Are you choosing to, to go and now live a life that, that represents him in your life? Well, yeah. Then you did it. There. There's no like magic words that we have to say that, okay, now you're in. There, I mean, there's the special handshake, but those that need to know that know that. But everybody else, you're in. I'm just kidding. There's no handshake. Uh, the next important point, verse two. Every single person will live somewhere forever. We don't like to think about that sometimes. That's, that's a truth that we sometimes conveniently forget. But it's true. Every single person here in this room will live somewhere forever. You will either live in heaven or hell for all of eternity based on what you do with Jesus today. Well, Matt, that doesn't seem very loving. It's the truth. And it's not loving for me just to ignore it. How much less loving is it for me to say, yeah, you, you're doomed to an eternity of hell because I'm not saying anything about it. When presented with two options, we have the option to go for a vacation in a tropical paradise, we'll call it Hawaii, or we can go live in a barren wasteland um, like Death Valley, like nothing there. Everybody up for tropical paradise? Raise your hand. Everybody for barren wasteland? There, I'm sure there's somebody who's like, I really love the desert. Um, <laughs> not what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a clear choice in most cases, right? When presented with the choice of we have heaven over here or we have hell over here, everybody up for heaven, let's raise our hand. Then everybody says, yeah, sign me up. Everybody up for hell, 
most people aren't going to say, yeah, I'd like to go to hell, please. That's not the issue. When presented with heaven or hell, people choose heaven all the time. The catch is you have to choose Jesus today in order to receive heaven tomorrow. Then we have this, this question that seems to always come up. I just don't understand how a loving God would, would ever send someone to hell. God is respecting your choice. God isn't sending you to hell. You are sending yourself to hell. If you are making the choice to do that, God is going to respect the choice. If you, say, if you spend your entire life saying, God, get out of my life. God, I don't want you to be a part of my life. I don't want you involved in my decision making. I don't need you. I don't want you. Eternity is God saying, okay, then that's what you can have. You can have an eternity without me. That's what hell is. That is the, the decision that's being made. Jesus has already done all of the work. This isn't, again, this isn't, you don't have to say anything magical. You don't have to like go drink certain Kool-Aid or anything like this. This is just accepting a gift, a simple gift that is also the greatest gift. In Sunday school, we've talked the past couple of weeks about choosing to be chosen. God has chosen you specifically. God has chosen each and every one of you. God is, God's desire is that all peoples of the earth would be saved, that all peoples of the earth would be blessed through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That, that's the desire of God's heart. But church, we have to choose to be chosen. We have to make the choice to be accepted. We have to receive the gift. The next point is that the wise will spend their lives inviting others to come to Jesus. My goal should be to see other people receive the gift of eternal life. And that should not hold a candle to, reverse that, uh, <laughs> my temporal agenda should not hold a candle to that. The, well, I need to do this for my workplace. I need to do this for my, my family agenda. I need to do this for my schedule to work. Those things are secondary to the eternity question for somebody that I love. So how, how do we do that? Do we just stand up and say, look at me, I have my life together because I have Jesus come in and be like me? Probably not. Look at me, I'm a train wreck, but Jesus took me anyway. <laughs> Maybe a little closer. I'm a, a train wreck but Jesus forgave me, and he wants to forgive you too. God didn't send everyone else saying, go and get people to agree with your personal policies and agendas. 
Go and, and find people and, and baptize them in the, the way that you think, in the, the way that, that you think makes the most sense. No, it was go out and, and make disciples of all nations for me, <laughs> baptizing them in my name. easy to get distracted. It's easy to get distracted by stuff. You guys have stuff? Like the, the physical stuff? You have like, some of you probably have like emotional stuff. <laughs> like maybe some spiritual stuff. I've been seeing a lot of yard sales lately and, and I the, the yard sale answer, like post yard sale answer is you just take all of the rest of your stuff and you just put it out on the corner of the road with a free sign. And maybe it's just because I'm like doing some running in like the local town area that I, I am seeing more of it, but it's like every corner there's these like piles of stuff. And as I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, this is all like garbage. <laughs> like who wants any of this? Somebody does, but there's, there's just stuff. It is so easy to get distracted by all of the stuff. But at the end of the day, what matters? At the end of the day, am I sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Everything else, not really super important. The way that we make it through this world is by relying upon God's word. This is from verse four. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Is Daniel being told, hey, you need to like hide this away so nobody sees it? No. <laughs> no, Daniel said, hey, write this down. Get it out of Babylon before you die because there's some people at Wood Street Chapel in 2023 that need to know what it says. That's what God's saying. It's not, hey, like, just make sure nobody sees this, okay? This is just a you and me thing. No, this is a, hey, get this out because I have some important people that need to hear this. Can you stop and think about that for just a minute, that that many years ago, God cared enough about you to have this written down. You specifically. God cared enough about you specifically to have this written down to encourage you to say, hey, even in the midst of everything that you are gonna be going through, even in the midst of, of all of the countries fighting other countries and, and everything being as crazy as it is, I need you to know I'm still in control. I've got this. As we look out at this world, we see that nothing stays the same, that change is always happening. We're, we're in the midst of an ever-changing world. Governments change. Jobs change. Family changes. 
You start looking at news and you, you see all of these different changes that are happening with, with the economy. You see changes happening with the weather. You see all of a sudden Lake Mead is like drying out and they're finding like boats and bodies in like ghost towns that people didn't even know existed at the bottom of this lake. We see all of these different things that are happening because of change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus does not change. Amidst a rapidly changing world, the word of God is our stability. Verses five through seven is talking about a time when Jesus will come back. If we look at the the section where it's talking about a man in linen, This is now venturing into Matt opinion, not specifically supported uh, scripture, but I think this one we can go out on a limb for, is that, that the man that is dressed in linen that is over the waters that raises his hand that the angels look to for direction is the pre-incarnate Jesus. Daniel is seeing a picture of Jesus before he's ever come to earth. And, and Jesus raises both hands. And it's interesting to think about Jesus raising both hands. I was just kind of, what's the point? Why, why would we do that? What do you do when you, you swear? You raise a hand and you say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth. Nothing but the truth, right? That's, that's what we do in our culture. But... That was something that happened in their culture too. They would raise their hand to heaven and they would, they would swear that this is true. And there are also times where if you look in scripture, there are specifically times where you'll see it where it repeats. It says, truly, truly, I say to you. You guys seen that in the Bible where it repeats that word specifically? Truly, truly, both hands. Truly, truly, I say to you, I'm gonna come back. You can trust what I'm saying to you right now. This is going to come about. And they, they talk about, well, when's it going to happen? A time, times a half a time. Everybody's like, okay, I know totally when that is. No, no nobody knows when that is. Uh, <laughs> what do we know? And this, this was, I think, Mom, you said this last week. God is never late. God is never late. There may be times where you're like, man, it it would really be great if you could show up now. (laughs) Like, if you could show up in the next, like, 15 minutes, that would just be amazing. So I don't have to have this really uncomfortable conversation. So I don't have to (laughs) go do this other thing that I don't want to do. God is never late. God has never been late. If we look at the the Old Testament where all of God's people were crying out for a deliverer. They were crying out, God, deliver us. Send your Messiah. And and there was a period of like 400 years where everyone was just saying, did you forget? 
But when the time was right, when the, the right countries were in power, when the right governments were in power, when, when everything was lined up perfectly, when the stars that God created were in the right position, that is when Jesus came to save his people. And he wasn't late. What we know is that God is not going to be late when he comes again, but we also know that God is never late when it comes to the, the answers of prayer that exist in our own life. It means that when I cry out to God in those times, of, God, I don't know what to do. I, don't, I need your, your guidance. I need your provision. I need to know what your will is. Help me find it. He's never late. Sometimes, the direction that we receive from God is be still. And do you guys get that sometimes? Stop talking and be still for a minute. And sometimes in that, in that stillness is when we see God show up. God has never been late. It is, it is more important for me to have my eternal standing in confidence than it is for me to have the return date of Jesus on the calendar. Well, if somebody would just tell me exactly when he's coming back, then I would, I would know when to get everything in order. Exactly. <laughs> That's the whole point. We're supposed to live like he's coming back in the next five minutes. Because he might. But we don't know. The best way to prepare for your last days is for living, is by living for God today. That's how you prepare. And so we, we've come to this chapter in scripture that has a whole bunch of things where you're like, Matt, you didn't really... You didn't answer the questions that I had about what was in here. I don't know the answers to the questions that you have about what's in that chapter. But what about that, like 1,355 days? What, what does that mean? I couldn't tell you exactly. I'm sure there's some really smart people that has some, some really smart ideas about it, and probably half of them are wrong. But what do I know for sure? that God is coming back again and he will be victorious when he comes and I will be victorious with him. That's what I know. This morning we're going to take time for communion. Do we have our communion stuff? Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little, uh, I don't know, <laughs> less polished than it probably should have been. <laughs> <laughs> this morning we have an opportunity to come to the table you know that's a that's a church word a church phrase come to the table we come to the table because jesus had this conversation at a table actually he probably had it at a floor but we're gonna call it a table um where he sat down and he talked to his disciples and he said, what's about to happen is gonna change everything. 
I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, but what you know is about to change like you can't even imagine. The, the old covenant, the law that you have lived under for your entire life, for the entire life of, of your people, your nation, your civilization, your culture is about to not be done away with. It is about to be fulfilled. It is about to be completed. It is finished. And then there's going to be something so much better. And that is what we're coming to celebrate this morning is that there is something so much better that has been made available to you this morning. This morning and every morning. The scripture that I like to, to pull for communion sometimes is, is from uh, 1 Corinthians. It's Paul writing a letter to the, the church. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. God, we stop this morning. We set aside the stuff, all of the distractions that may exist. God, we set those things aside, and we take this moment to remember to remember and to receive the sacrifice that was made for me. God, you are for me. This cup and this, this bread represents that you are for me. In the most profound way, in a, a way that no one else could have been, God, you gave your life up for me. I thank you for that. Let's go ahead and eat. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. If we think about blood, all the way back to Exodus, we have this blood that was, was taken from a lamb, right? Not just any lamb, it was taken from a, a pure, spotless lamb. And, and that blood was put over the, the doorposts and on the, the door mantles of the, the slaves that were getting ready to leave Egypt. So that when the angel of death came through to strike down the firstborn of every person there, the blood of the pure, spotless lamb would protect them would rescue them. And then we, we fast forward to the time that the, the Israelites are, are in the wilderness and they're given the instruction of how to, to bring sacrifice to God. It involved blood and it involved a lot of blood. Blood that would get applied to their foreheads, blood that would get applied to their palms, applied to their ears, blood that would get applied to all of the, the different areas of your life. And now we have Jesus saying, this cup represents my blood that is good enough for everything 
that exists in your life. My blood that is good enough for all of the stuff that exists in your life. This cup is the covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's drink. Before we leave today, I want us to, we're going to pray one more time. And how can I not have us just take a moment and, and look, let's, let's each take a moment and look at our life and say, have, have I made a decision that secures my eternity with Jesus? Have I made that choice? And if the answer is, I don't know, or if the answer is, is you know, I, I haven't done that. I've just been, been putting it off. Then today is the day. Don't wait. But Matt, I have, I have to get these things in order in my life first, and then, and then I will. I, I'm close, I promise. No, today is the day. God will take you exactly as you are, all your mess included, and he will do a work in you. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and we're going to have a time of prayer right now. Heavenly Father, my prayer is that every single person here will be secure in their eternity, secure in where they are going to live forever. God, I ask that, that if there are those here this morning that, that need to, to make that decision to, to come into relationship with you, that you would, would move on the hearts of your people. I'm not gonna ask anybody to, to stand up. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward and, and I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I am gonna ask you to look at me if that's a, a decision that you're making. If that's something that you're saying, Matt, I want, to, I want to be right with God. I want to be ready for eternity with him. I want to be in relationship with him. If that's a, a decision that you're ready to make this morning, I invite you to look at me. I see you. If that's a decision that you want to make, I see you guys. I see you. I see you guys. I see about three or four people that have looked at me. Heavenly Father, we come this morning, we thank you for the decisions that are being made to live a life that follows after you. Father God, we, we come this morning and we confess we've done wrong things. We have, have sinned. We have separated ourselves from you. But God, we also come and we accept the gift of your salvation, the blood of Jesus Christ that makes a way for me to be with you. God, I thank you for that gift. I thank you for eternity with you. 
And Lord, in the midst of the, the struggles and the, the hardships and the, the times that I'm going to mess up going forward, because those are going to be a lot. In the midst of all of those things, Lord, I ask that I thank you that you are still with me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 